0: This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy.
1: Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. All right. Welcome listeners. We are back again. And today we're going to be talking about suicide prevention and mental health. We have a lot to cover today. I have a couple experts in the studio today. Heidi McKeska is here. She's the community systems coordinator at BC Mental Health. Did I say that right?
2: You absolutely did.
1: All right. Thanks, Heidi. And Heidi brought her sidekick, but actually she's like her front person. Heidi's the quiet, shy one behind the scenes person. Her front person is Maria Fabrizi. Hi. There you go. Okay. (laughs) So why did you get dragged along, really? Do you have something pertinent to offer to this discussion, or are you just... I
0: do. Heidi and I, we work really closely together. So um, she does all things suicide prevention. I do all things drug and alcohol prevention. Okay. Those two things just intertwine. They're so interconnected. So we end up working really closely together on a lot of different things.
1: And so I mentioned that Heidi is the Community Systems Coordinator
0: of BC Mental Health. Mm -hmm. And do you have an actual title, or do they give you one? (laughs) Barely, I have to beg for it. Yeah, well, so I'm the I'm the coordinator of the Prevention Coalition of Broom County. I sit with Heidi at the um, Broom County Mental Health Department, and I am funded through the Drug Free Communities Grant, which is a federal grant that focuses on substance use prevention.
1: I got to be honest, the county has all these different departments and mm-hmm. and all these different programs, and the funding is interesting. I guess it all funnels through the county, right?
0: A lot I, of it I,
2: does, and and that's one of the things is why we have the opportunity to work together so well. <laughs> (laughs) Is that when we put these things together, they're very intentional about behavioral health, which Mm -hmm. is both substances and mental health. And that's where Maria and I really coexist, connect together and collaborate on so many different opportunities, activities and options
0: in our community. And one of those things I think that the, the mental health department is trying to focus on is systems of care and just kind of really joining all of these different silos that are out there. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good work really and the focus is all the same thing.
1: I really like that. I like that because you can create some really good synergy that way. Why are you in the mental health field? And uh, as opposed to, uh, I don't know, why aren't you a doctor or why aren't you working at the shoe barn?
2: Shoe barn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm, I will actually date myself a little bit here now. I've been in this community. I, I, I'm born and bred in County. So that's one thing that this community is important to me. You know, my kids, I've grown up here. My kids are growing up here. No grandkids. We'll keep it that way right now. The ability to want to help people. And I know that's a cliche thing that a lot of people will say that, yeah. but I started with working with little guys, little kids and recognized that there are so many different things that need to be happening to help kids.
1: Was this something that you did when you were a teenager or were you, did you go to college?
2: I did. Okay. I went to so
1: was it like an internship where you're working with kids or what? what a fun
2: fact is that I actually started out in fashion. Okay. And one of the, I, <laughs> I
1: did say shoe burn. Huh? I, see, oh. you, you
2: chuckle at that, but um, you have to do all those general classes and have to do all that stuff. And I went into doing some child development and family studies kind of work and fell in love with it, recognizing that that's where I found my passion. Came back home and went to work, working with little kids and teen parents. And from there, it blossomed into there's more to this, too. We've got a whole family. It's not just one child and one little guy. It's a whole family. And then you start talking about systems. Then we talk about how do the schools impact this? How do the community organizations impact this? How do healthcare systems impact that? That's where I found that I wanted to be, is to make a difference for kids and families and to be able to do that with working with a variety of different agencies and systems in our community. I I truly believe it's about working smarter, not harder. And if we all come together for the betterment of our community members, we can make a difference.
1: So, do you and I have something in common right away. Our listeners can't see this, but you like to talk with your hands.
2: I'm a <laughs> <And> hand talker. <laughs> I,
1: I have some video where my guy who was doing the video of my presentation, he was dizzy at the end. My <laughs> hands never stopped moving. Oh, my gosh. So, that's that's awesome. So, uh, uh, what about you, Maria?
0: You know, I actually started in the design field also, designing fabric, of all things. Wait,
1: are you guys serious? Yeah. Are you just mm-hmm. putting I'm me dead. on?
0: No, I'm dead serious. Oh. I did that for about 10 years, and that industry left this country. You know, we couldn't compete with Yeah,
1: so you are a graphic world. designer, artist originally? Textile,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Fabric. I designed that fabric on that couch right over no there. No kidding.
1: <laughs> That's, I like that so, stuff.
0: And then I did switch over to graphic design for oh. a little while, but, you know, it, there was an odd feeling of not it was not satisfying yeah you know because i you just make things pretty and and that didn't have a like an intrinsically satisfying no. thing for me, mm-hmm. and but this job I just fell into it was my sparkling personality. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes, honest to god, wasn't it? It truly is. Yeah.
1: So wait, the, uh, your sparkling personality got you the job? Well, or? I
0: started um, in the prevention field doing direct service with youth. So at schools, I would I would actually go in and do some programming with students in, okay. in their classroom. Were you
1: teaching graphics?
0: No, so well, this how did was you, substance how did, how did you make
1: the jump? What happened?
0: Um, It was, you know, I had a baby in there, and there was just this whole life shift for me. Yeah. I met a, a woman who had just graduated with her public health degree, and she uh, found this job doing direct service, doing prevention with, with students, and she was like, you would be so good at this. Just talking to people and get, you know, it's, it, when you... Say substance use prevention and talk about nobody wants to talk about drugs. Yeah. It's just not of it's not a fun conversation unless you're doing them and partying or you know nobody wants to talk about prevention and drugs. Yeah, so I think you have to have a little bit of a a vivaciousness about you when you talk about this topic because it can get really dry and yeah really scary for people. So she said you'd be great at this. Why don't you apply? And mm. I did. I thought I have nothing to lose. I landed that job which prepared me in turn for this job.
1: You found out that that was rewarding or it was just easy and you got a paycheck at the end of the week and you have to think about it or.
0: (laughs) It was very rewarding. Yeah. Um, I love interacting with the the children. The students was wonderful, a wonderful piece of it for me. Yeah. Um, And just being um, a help to parents too, who were really struggling, Mm. you know, and uh, it, it just felt, like I was being a useful tool to society, you know?
1: I like that. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, there are some common themes that run uh, through all of the interviews mm-hmm. and that are common with a lot of the different people I have in here who come from different backgrounds, who have different interests. Some of them are business owners or entrepreneurs. Some of them say like we're running a nonprofit, which is, you know, business mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, but their goal is not to make profits obviously they have other other goals other desires and so one of the commonalities is the sense of fulfillment that people get when from serving in whatever capacity they're doing that it's very interesting because it could be they're helping people make a transformation which I find is another common theme. And uh, with coaching, we do that too. So we're looking for that transformational moment where people get the light bulb and they, mm-hmm. they can move from where they are to what they want to be. Here you are, uh, and really people might think, well, this is a podcast this is for business people, right? And so there's more than one connection to that. And I just wanted to point that one out because that's a real important one. Uh, September is World Suicide Prevention Month. And you two are involved with a project.
2: BC Safe is is um, short for Suicide Awareness for Everyone. It is our local suicide prevention coalition for Broome County. Our our goal really is about raising awareness and providing education in regards to suicide prevention. Our ultimate mission, obviously, is to reduce suicides and suicide attempts here in our county. And ways that we do that are by offering different events, activities, workshops, various trainings, and such things. Pre-pandemic, we had always done a breakfast in honor of World Suicide Prevention. When the, the COVID pandemic hit, it was obvious that we couldn't do that. We couldn't bring that amount of people together inside space and do it safely. And during that time, September of 2020, we're like, this is as important now, if not at any other time. So we felt that we needed to do something. From there was the idea of creating an awareness campaign. And it really was a grassroots week of action where we encouraged our community to go out and beautify sidewalks. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to chalk the sidewalks with positive images and positive messaging to create awareness, to start breaking down that stigma and to allow people to have some conversations, honest conversations to say, you know, I'm not okay. I need help. My mental health is suffering and I don't know where to go. For me to be able to go to someone else and say, are you okay, ask the question, and raise those conversations in our community um, by doing it in a way that provided some beauty as well as stirred conversation. Um, We weren't sure how far it would go, if it would even take off in our community, and we were um, pleasantly surprised and shocked how well it was received here in our community Mm -hmm. and how people got behind it.
0: This was just something that really resonated, I think, because of the, you know, what was going on socially with the pandemic. This was something that everybody could take part in from, from children to older people. I think people felt, like you said, they were giving back to the community in a way that was very meaningful for them. You know, they didn't feel so isolated. They felt like, oh, I can do this and maybe make a difference in somebody's life. Um, so, yeah, we were very shocked at how much the community just embraced it.
1: What about it do you think was the big appeal?
0: I think it was a unification, honestly. I think everyone was struggling, and it was just a way to not feel so alone in this really weird time of uncertainty and just anxiety and Mm -hmm. being scared and not knowing what the future held for anyone. And it was just a time where people could just kind of be free to create messages and images and, and share hope and love and you know, beauty with the community. And, I, yeah, I think it was just sort of a unification and connection. I think everybody was looking for a way to connect. Yeah, we boy, have so many stories. I felt that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Sense of community was a huge piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: as Maria alluded to and quite eloquently said, it's that isolation. Um, it's one, It's a high risk factor. For people to feel hopeless, mm-hmm. alone, and isolated, and by trying to combat that, we were looking at ways to provide a sense of community to the feel that you were part of something bigger, mm-hmm. and this was one of those ways to provide that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a common human need: is to feel, um, you know, feel recognized, but then also feel like you're part of something, feel like you belong. Right. During COVID, of course, that was not something that a lot of people could experience. So you definitely provided something that was really needed. And I know I, you know, after a few months being locked in my house, I was done with it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was ready to, and I did, I just, I broke the quarantine with my oldest daughter and her family and did some renovating over there at her home and got to see my granddaughter, you know, every, pretty much every day for a couple months, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, and I'm used to working by myself too. So I imagine for people that are used to being in a group, I'm a little less social than most people. I'm very much, you know, I can work by myself with no issues. I'm happy to, you know, be in my be in my own imagination, <laughs> or you know, work on a project on my own. So, um, yeah. So I I really can't imagine how frustrating and how lonely it might have felt for some people, and especially if they were already having some issues like pre COVID, it must right. have really exacerbated them. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about that? There hasn't
2: uh, like, been a lot of research that's come out per se to say if what impacts. Specifically, but what we can say is there were a lot of risk factors that increased during that time. Yeah, as we were talking about isolation, uncertainty, loss, um, financial loss, loss Mm -hmm. of employment, loss of um, connections with others, loss of relationships, losing people to COVID.
1: Yeah, or even if you were the one who got sick, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or that's that's that was a huge challenge for many people. You know, everybody was different for everyone, but yes, still is obviously. Okay, so you were a- accidental successes.
0: Yeah, it's a nice way of putting <laughs> that it. That is a Pretty nice way sure. of putting it. Right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So that was great, and now we're going to do it again.
2: Yeah, we're excited to be able to do that again, and I think one of the things that we were, we're hoping to do is like make it um, Chalk the Walk 2.0, so mm-hmm. see how we can make it bigger, better, brighter, uh, you know, build it, and they will come. Um, we wanted to be able to provide opportunities that went a little bit further, involve more than just our county. We've reached out to other counties, and we've partnered up with others that are looking to to do something similar. So, we're hoping to see more of this across the state. We're including other um, groups and populations. Our that Our veterans population is excited about doing this as well. So there's a variety of different ways that we're trying to make this an additional opportunity on top of what we did. We're planning a kickoff with COVID safety guidelines and all in place as well. Um, But being able to do things to bring people together, offer resources, offer strategies and those things.
1: So you mentioned the veterans. Mm Is that an area of real concern right now?
2: Veterans have high risk and being Able to make sure that they have resources and being able to talk with them about it's okay to have these conversations because that's not something normally a veteran would do, especially if they've already been deployed. It's, you know, you're taught to plow through, get done what you need to get done, and then when you're coming back, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. And how do you manage that and come back and join? society and the community after experiencing other things. So it is a population that we want to be able to help and support. And we want to make sure that they feel that they have those tools to do so as well. Mm-hmm. And the other piece is if you take that ripple effect out is these vets have families too that need support. So being able to support the the entire family is important.
0: I just, I thought about what you said about transformation before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, Heidi's and, and my coalition try to do through our whole community is just really transform, like Heidi's talking about, being able to have those conversations. It's really difficult for a lot of people. So I think shining light on this, that's one of our kind of our little taglines. You know, suicide is a dark, it's a dark topic and people do not like to talk about it. So, so
1: people don't like to talk about it because
0: I would equate it to think about cancer in the
2: 50s mm-hmm. that as soon as you said the word mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. People were afraid that you had it, or you're going to give it to someone. Right? Mm-hmm. It's that was that scary C word. We kind of connotate it the same kind of way as people don't want to say the word suicide because is that going to cause someone to consider killing themselves? Having conversations, people are afraid to talk about it.
1: People think people really think that if they talk if about suicide, that someone might them kill them themselves. Yeah, common absolutely.
2: myth is if I ask you if you're thinking about this, that may prompt you to
0: actually consider doing
2: it. I'm it's putting a that
0: thought putting in your, your head. head which is going to mm-hmm. then make you really think yeah. about doing it. Yeah.
2: Which it's is pretty common. It's it's a myth. The fact actually is if you ask someone and ask them if Your concern about them Mm -hmm. actually lowers the risk because then someone feels that someone cares about them and it can lower an individual's anxiety and allow them to talk through what's going on and then access the care that they need to be able to get the help they need. That's one of our biggest roles is to break that stigma of Suicide, mental health, mental wellness should be just as important as physical health.
1: Well, I see this is new to me. I had no idea that people, as a whole, um, felt that way. Mm
2: -hmm. Education's happening, so people are understanding that Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why coalitions are around. Yeah, is to be able to say it's okay to have that conversation. If you're worried about someone, ask. If you're afraid of the answer, make sure you have someone else with you or know where the resources are to be able to give to someone.
1: Well, this is a whole nother level of this that I hadn't even considered. So, um, and if that's the case, then I understand why you two exist even more.
2: So you asked the question earlier about why Maria and I, why are we sitting here together? Uh, And in reality is substance use and suicide have an intimate connection. People, when they use use substances to cope, In a maladaptive way, Mm -hmm. um, short term, it it doesn't solve the problems. Um, So if we can talk together about how do you cope in a healthier way, both for substances and, and your mental health, we can offset suicides. That's one of our goals. Is
1: so is this like a educate. chicken and an egg situation well, with the drug, the drugs and alcohol, and uh, depression and suicide? It's or there's, well,
2: a con- there's, there's a connection.
0: There, I want to you know, say there's one reason for suicide. There's mm-hmm. multiple reasons, right? And substance use disorders and suicide; those are diseases of despair, right? So people that are are going through. Those and have risk factors for both of those are feeling very hopeless. Right. Um, they they just don't feel like there's any other option for them. Yeah. So I think being able to and, and you know nobody nobody wants to be addicted to substances. Nobody wants to actually kill themselves. They want help. Yeah. And it's just really hard to um, I think reach out for that help in our society that looks upon you as weak if you do that or weak if you're using. You know, there's a lot of stigma. That's the stigma thing. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah
1: let's talk about the event that you're doing specifically. When our listeners are hearing this for the first time, it's going to be just in advance of the event, which is uh, 10th through the 18th, right, of right. September. Correct. And it's a week of awareness campaign, and you're doing the Chalk the Walk. So tell us about the event, uh, Maria.
0: Okay, so it's going to start off with a kickoff event that is actually on World Suicide Prevention Day, which is September 10th. And we are having a, so it's a kickoff of our Chalk the Walk, Have the Talk campaign. We're going to have that at a park, a local park, and there's going to be Obviously, chalking, there's going to be entertainment, there's going to be food, but most importantly, there's going to be um, all of our community partners who are coming to table f- with us and they're going to be able to offer all of their information and the services they, they provide for our community. We're just really excited about that to be able to sort of kick off the camp, the awareness campaign with that event. Um, the campaign does run through the whole rest of the week, so the 10th through the 18th, and we're asking individuals and agencies everyone really in our community to chalk their walk and uh, beautify it and spread those messages of light and positivity out there. Let everybody know that Broom definitely does have hope and that you're not alone.
1: And take a picture of it and tag...
0: Yeah so, yeah, so it is going to be a contest. Okay, oh. It's going to be an art contest, and um, the Mental Health Association of the Southern Tier is helping us with the logistics of that contest. So yeah, if you end up chalking your walk, we want you to take a picture of it and post it to your Facebook page, and then tag the BC Safe Coalition, which is also on Facebook, and use the hashtag BroomHasHope. Perfect. Mm-hmm. The other piece
2: of that is... When you go to the MHAST org, you will be able to register to be Mm -hmm. able to win prizes that we have available for it. We have three categories that we'll be looking at. We're going to be looking at the most creative, the most thoughtful, and the most liked on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You have to register to enter your picture in order to win the prizes.
1: Do you have a rain date?
2: For the kickoff, yes. We okay. will be doing that on Thursday, the 16th, with if there is inclement weather. Yeah. Um, we've been diligently looking at the, the weather channel already, and it so far <laughs> looks okay for
0: next week.
1: Where could people go to find out if it's a go or a no go?
0: Well, we have. So the BC Safe Facebook page is probably going to be the most up to date and current for. Um, you know, updated information about that. We also have um, broomhashope.org, which is a website that we'll provide any information to. And we will be
2: letting the radio stations and the TV stations know Mm -hmm. in the event that we have to postpone to the 16th or if anything does happen that we have to change things.
1: Okay, sounds good.
2: I would encourage people to check out broomhashope.org. There's ways to get in touch with us. We have chalk that we have available for people. We'd love to be able to share both with businesses, community agencies, healthcare systems and families and
0: individuals as well. Schools are participating. You, it's really exciting. You couldn't
1: make this much easier.
0: Right. We you're you're giving people chalk.
1: chalk. Why yeah. wouldn't you why wouldn't Absolutely. you take the kids out and uh, chalk the driveway? I mean they're they're gonna want to do that anyways.
0: We're gonna have stations at the take local parks too that um, yeah. our broom county parks are gonna have uh, little chalking stations for people to be able to take chalk and actually chalk the walks at the park. Yeah. So yeah, one of my
2: takeaways from our project last year was I had one of our participants share with me a story about when he was outside chalking with his young children. An older woman bicycle by once, stopped, looked at him and his children chalking, came back again, didn't say anything, came back a third time, and then she came over and said to him, first asked if she, he'd be willing to come over and chalk for her. But then also talked about that this was the first conversation she had had since the pandemic. And she was so happy to be able to talk with someone else and that she was struggling herself.
1: That was in September? Yeah. So that's six months. Yeah. She hadn't talked to anybody in six months. Not a
2: meaningful face-to-face conversation. Oh my gosh. That's one of the reasons we do these kind of things is to create that sense of community and know that you're not alone and that people are out there.
1: Well, that's pretty powerful. We have had this discussion with other guests about um, training and teaching people and helping people through transformations and providing something that they need. And it's really interesting because you hear people say, you know, if this is worth it, if we can help one person, Mm -hmm. go, yeah, well, you're just like making an excuse for the fact that you didn't impact a thousand people. But if you've ever been in a position where you've helped that one person, or if you're the person who's been helped. Even more powerful, but for most of us, we're the helpers, right? right? And when you help that one person, you realize how valuable and how powerful that is. So the statement, like you know, if we could help just one person, is true. And
2: I also believe that it gives you the drive and passion to want to help more people. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it. I feel it. We uh, we have listeners who are entrepreneurs, small business owners. It's an interesting life. Many of us cannot help it because it's the way we're wired. Uh, A lot of us are creative people and that brings other issues. I look at it as a double-edged sword. So for like myself, I'm extremely creative. That's very good, right? It's a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. because it prevents me from being able to readily do many things that an average human can do without really thinking about it, right? Because my brain doesn't work the same way as almost everybody else. Along with that comes isolation. Um, it comes, you know, a feeling of uh, sometimes loneliness. There's financial stress involved with being a business owner or an entrepreneur. There are a lot of demands on you in terms of planning and forecasting, Um Gosh, being responsible for your employees if you have them. And then you realize that your employees' families <laughs> are part of that story, right? Um, and that can be a lot of pressure for people. And along with that, the, like I said, if you were... If you are a gifted entrepreneur, sometimes you're lacking some other skills or a common thing is if you're a failure and disappointment, that that imposter syndrome is is often there. Sometimes people turn to drugs and alcohol to kind of numb some of that pressure or help them get through stressful events. You can inadvertently become addicted to different substances. So there's a lot here, and I'd I'd like you to dig into some of this if you can, and offer some some background information, some um, some real talk, you know, some resources maybe. I don't want to scare people if they're trying to start their own business, but they also have to know that it's you know it's not all roses and sunshine. So there are challenges involved that you may or may not experience uh, in a regular workplace, or if you're like a stay-at-home parent or something like that, it's a different, a little bit different world. So
2: one of the things I would first like to say, as we like you were talking about, there's a lot here. Yeah, Um, it's like unwrapping. It's it's a package, and you have to unwrap it. And it's not as simple as you take a piece of tape off and you've got a pretty package in front of you. There's all this stuff. Some of it can be messy, as we've talked about. Um, When we talk about suicide just that word there is no one single reason that causes someone to kill themselves it's usually a compendium of many things that merge together to come to this point where someone is in such hopelessness and despair that they can't think of any other way out one of the biggest things that we can give as a gift to someone when they're in that moment is the gift of time if we can separate that person Mm -hmm. from either lethal means access to something separate them from that moment of that severe anxiety and stress and despair and give them some time to breathe we can prevent a suicide when you talk about statistics, one of the things I, I don't like to go into them too much because that becomes a scary thing. And that's what people focus on. And what we really want to focus on is that there's a lot of risk factors. There's, there there are, the positive things are that there's warning signs. And I like to call those invitations versus warning signs. Um, A warning sign usually tells you to step back, go away, don't get near this. Right. Um, You think of the skull and crossbones and and on a bottle you're like, don't touch. But when an individual has warning signs, it should really be looked at as I'm giving you an invitation to help me. Um, the the you, you would love to say that every single person that's feeling suicidal would say I'm feeling suicidal, and unfortunately, that's not the way it works. They give us other cues and clues. So those I would call. Invitations, and if we're able to recognize some some of those, and then be able to give that gift of time, we can help that person then to get access to resources. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States. Um, so you think about that that's that's a top ten. Um, it's something that we need to be aware about, concerned about, and say this is a public health concern for us. It's the second leading cause of death for ten to thirty ten years old to thirty four years old. And yes, I said ten years old. Wow. So. Those are things we need to know. In our country, It men died by suicide almost four times more than females. So these are things we need to think about. Knowledge is power.
1: Do we know why that is? Is that so, is it social pressure? Is it uh, is that something to do with their biology? or?
2: I think it's a combination of things. And at the moment, what's going on for those individuals? Men tend to choose means that are more effective. Yeah. With that, there's less time to help and separate them from that. Um, So those are things to think about. How do we use this information to support prevention in our world? Okay. Um, There was a Harris poll in August, 2020, that actually um, rolled out that 93% of the adults polled feel suicide is preventable. So that's huge.
1: They feel that That suicide suicide is is preventable. and so, you would agree that suicide is preventable. Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't
2: mm-hmm. be sitting doing here this. talking okay. with me about this. So what that means <clears throat> is that
1: everybody's on got, board with the yeah. idea. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's how do we have those conversations? How okay. do we how do we open those doors for breaking that stigma? Well,
1: hopefully, this will help a little right. somewhere. Like exactly. like we said earlier, if one person listens to this podcast and right. at, reaches out for help. Right.
2: Exactly. That gives you just some breadth and depth of some of those statistics to say this yeah. th- why this is a public health concern. Um, I think the other piece to also remember is suicide is not something that segregates people. It's neither a rich man's disease or a poor man's curse. It, is, it hits every demographic, male, female, young, old. We're human, and we have these feelings and concerns and challenges. And with it being not saying, oh, well, that doesn't affect or impact me, it does to some degree.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask you about because this may sound a little cold, but just hear me out first. Mm-hmm. So, if somebody kills themselves, their worries are over, essentially, right? Their life is done as we know it. We did, you know, nobody really knows what's beyond. But as far as us and here in the present and on earth, there's no more pain, there's no more. The actual act has huge impact on family, friends, possibly the community. So there's huge damage Mm -hmm. that radiates out from that one event, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit.
2: That's one of the places that we also have to consider when we're talking prevention is how do we support those who have lost someone to suicide? There is an emotional toil for people I can't
1: imagine, Uh, uh, honestly. I I actually have thought about this before we met today because I thought, well, you know, what if someone I loved killed themselves? I haven't really thought about it before because I really didn't have any reason to, but since you were coming in, I thought, all right, what kind of of a thought exercise can I do about this? And I can't even talk to you about it because I'm getting overcome right now emotionally.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's why we want people to chalk that walk and have that talk is because it can become an overwhelming thing. Yeah, And being able to have conversations is so important. Not, And we're talking in a theoretical con- yeah. context right now.
1: Yeah, it's but, powerful.
2: And being able to say, I'm not feeling okay, is really important to be able to say, I need help. And that scares people to be able to say that. You were asking how it impacts others. More yeah. than half of the more than half of the adults of in in the United States are impacted in some way. I think oh. it's like 56% of the people have been impacted by suicide in some way. If you think about it. What are
1: some of the ways?
2: Well, the, the person that died has loved ones, yeah. right? Um, they may have children. They're an aunt or an uncle. They're a grandparent or a grandfather, a niece or an, a nephew. They have coworkers. Mm-hmm. This now impacts someone's business, someone's life that way. It impacts the healthcare system. It it impacts a community because there may be other people that now knew that person or it's impacting a loved one of theirs. Um, other ways it can impact, you yourself may have had thoughts of suicide or not ha- or being in such deep despair that you may have considered suicide. I'm not saying you yourself yeah, for us in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are important things to put into context because it's, it's not that over there issue. It, it's, if it's not yours, I can probably guarantee you it's someone close to you that has been impacted either with their own thoughts of it or losing a friend, a coworker, uh, a teacher, a professor, you name it. There would be someone that could be impacted that way, and there,
0: there's a tremendous amount of guilt, as you can imagine, for the those that are left behind. Well, that was
1: something, yeah. With my thought exercise, that was something mm-hmm. that came up. was like, you know, I would feel a, a tremendous amount of guilt mm-hmm. because why didn't I know? Why didn't I right. do something? Why wouldn't I have exhausted all possible resources? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't I have shut my life down really mm-hmm. to help that person if I had known? You know, that was the result of whatever they were going through. Like I would have done everything, anything.
0: And you really feel less than like, did I not love them enough? Did I not care for them enough? What did I miss? How did I, you know, was I yeah. too self-absorbed? I mean, there's all of these questions that come up and they're human. And my comment
2: back to that is one of the reasons that we as a coalition here, but in the in our state, in our country is really talking about edu- get educated, mm-hmm. you know, Think about taking a workshop about suicide, of learning the warning signs so you know. Um, and a lot of times, trust your gut. It is scary to ask someone, I'm worried about you. Yeah. What's going on? What if they Are deny it? it? Honestly, it is their choice. Yeah. It's their choice to say that. What I encourage is to have an honest conversation and say why you're worried. Is there something that you've noticed I noticed this, I've noticed that you haven't been coming to work or you're not interacting with the people that you normally do. There may be a very simple answer, but there also may be a very simple answer of I'm not feeling okay.
0: Well, and this really ties back to, uh, this is another statistic that 90% of people who die by suicide have an underlying Mm -hmm. and possibly like undiagnosed mental health condition right so this brings up a whole other issue
1: are there specific um, mental conditions that might be um, mm -hmm. related you know directly or yeah
0: depression depression, bipolar disorder substance use they're all very strongly linked to suicidal um thinking and behavior Mm -hmm. so it's just really important that everybody understands mental health just as important as your physical health and I I don't think we're quite there as a society yet Um, but
1: (laughs) we're not even there with our physical health (laughs) no
0: we're not you're right but it's just crucial it's a really crucial component that we talk about stigma with suicide but talk about stigma with mental health I mean it's a nobody wants yeah Yeah. it's it's totally taboo
1: with other areas we've changed how society views those areas so it seems like Mental health might be one of the last areas to be impacted by it. For example, it's easy to say just casually, like, uh, oh, you're crazy, or I'm, you know, or I'm wacko, wacko nuts for this um, uh, movie, or whatever, you know. And it's just, there's just terminology that's just a common part of our vocabulary that. I don't know. I don't know if that if that needs to change or if there's a way we need to uh, It's a
2: big piece of it, Russ, is Mm -hmm. really is how we talk about things. Yeah. Um just the word committed is a word that we try not to use anymore. I committed suicide. It's not um we encourage folks to think of it in a different way because committed has a lot of different connotations, right? It's I committed I a crime. Is. I committed a sin. I've been committed to the hospital. Okay. Um, so we, it let's, it's, it's so much easier to say what it is. Yeah. They died by suicide. They killed themselves. I it, see. It's, a, it's an, it's a an action verb that doesn't have as much, um, connotation to it on that level. Um, and it, it just puts it cut and dry right, on the table of what's ha- has gone on on that Interesting. Level. um your words about mental health definitely are things to think about because we like to use things that are person-centered uh, yeah. instead of being oh that person's schizophrenic yeah instead of saying oh he's schizophrenic it's this person has an illness and that illness is this schizophrenia. Um, you know
1: oh yeah it, yeah it definitely changes it changes your perception
2: we call it person-centered okay And that way you're identifying because he's the the person's still human, right? Yeah, of course. When they're struggling, people don't want to be labeled as
0: a piece of who they are. Yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. whole person. Yeah. Well, and you think about mental health too. There are, so many chemicals rushing through our brains at any given moment. And
1: <laughs> tell me about it, well, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> and all of these times, you know, from depression to bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, substance use disorder, those chemicals are out of alignment. yeah, you know and and there is such a stigma of of even taking medication.
1: well, beyond medication, what are what are a couple things that mm. someone could do to to get their brain chemistry back in order? What are mm-hmm. like a couple very, Basic, simple things that any human could do. Very Uh, simple. You know, don't require drugs. Don't require, you know, if they don't have health care, it doesn't require them spending money to see a health care provider, for example.
2: Exercise. Yeah. It increases Mm -hmm. your oxygen levels. It increases, it will balance out some of those chemicals in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, Healthy diet. Yeah. Um, So
1: are these the top two, do
2: you think? uh, Mindfulness. Being able to—I I don't like saying you have to do yoga and things yeah. like that—but ways to be able to calm and center yourself down mm-hmm. will help, especially if anxiety and stress. are There's three.
1: That you're,
0: yeah, being outside—they are—and the, these are so simple. Like your listeners are probably well, going to laugh. Well,
1: but no, I, and I wanted you to say them because I—I mm-hmm. I already know what they are. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, and, and you may give me some more information that I don't know. I'm all ears. But these are simple things and simple. they are also things that are suggested for entrepreneurs and business owners mm-hmm. to be able to survive mm-hmm. right because you're sort of this you're in this for the long haul mm-hmm. and you want to live as as long and as healthy as possible and there are basic simple things you take care of your your temple, so to speak, you take care of your, or you know, your organism mm-hmm. and it's all, you know, the old days it was, we separate mind from brain, from body, from everything, but it's all, it's, it's all, all one, connected. it's all one system. And, you know, we've learned since we've been in space that we're all kind of part of one big organism, really.
0: Well, yeah. Being outside, there are doctors right now prescribing a half an hour a day of just being outside, no matter the weather, no matter the temperature. Just get outside, breathe in the fresh air, feel the sunshine, get that vitamin D. Your blood pumping like how do you? you know, I
1: would take my shoes off and walk around barefoot for a little bit. personally? Do
0: you know that's actually a thing? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's a grounding exercise. It is. Yeah. Yeah, to actually connect with mm, the but earth. But there's
1: also bacteria and different things like that that are <laughs> yeah. we need to interact with. Absolutely. We've sterilized ourselves, especially with COVID. Where mm-hmm. God forbid we get a little cold, we'll be <laughs> <laughs> we'll have no resistance to anything by the time we're done
2: i like to go back to about like food and having a healthy diet and people Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want to go into eating all healthy and stuff like that but reality shows that serotonin which is that feel-good chemical that we all have that help us balance and regulate things Mm -hmm. actually is made in your gut yeah. So if you're able to have help what you if you put good stuff in, that good stuff is gonna help your body and it goes up into your brain and helps your brain for lack of better words, and Maria, correct me if I'm wrong, it's yeah. like calming down, allowing your brain synapses to work and fire in ways that are healthy for you. So having that good diet, exercise, schedule routine, things that don't cost right. Much of and
1: these are things, things that driven people often neglect. Yes. Mm. Right? So we've talked about a lot of these before. We've, we had a show with a, a nutrition expert who talked about the gut, and I've, I hear that more often now than ever. In fact, mm-hmm. I've started drinking kombucha, mm-hmm. or kombucha. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, I guess, um, occasionally. Mm-hmm. I don't drink it every day, but um, boy, I've been to one of our local restaurants that has uh, fermented, fermented cabbage, food. I guess, mm-hmm. as part of their um, as part of their serving. So it's been interesting, interesting journey. So, There's
0: one we're forgetting what? not forgetting but we're, we're leaving it out is connection
1: oh, oh I was gonna say that
0: oh you were yeah
1: TV I was gonna to say well, I was gonna say human touch
0: it is it's really important we forget too and we, I,
1: and we've lost that over the past have. year and a half
0: and honestly we've lost it I, I Think of our children, like our students who are mm. on devices all day. Yeah. Like they have really lost that human connection. Well,
1: it's like case. everything. It's it's a tool, and it depends on how mm-hmm. you use it, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be on a device all day long. Right. Exactly. Uh, I just actually just saw a post today of a guy who has been wearing his noise-canceling headphones all day at work every day, and he just put a post on He just found out that he's damaged his hearing. He has... Um, tinnitus or tinnitus yeah. depending on who, where, what wow. part of the country you live in i guess uh tinnitus so bad that he can't sleep at night
0: and it's from the headphones
1: it, it's ear, it's hearing damage apparently he was told it was from that, and there's no cure for this obviously if people wow. have not know that i have a little bit we just need to take care of ourselves uh if we were to sum this all up mm-hmm. to one thing would it be ask for help mm-hmm. if you're suffering mm-hmm. And offer help if you see the need. Where can people go? Is there a national resource?
2: We have the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. We have the Crisis Text Line for those that don't want to talk but would prefer to text.
1: And that'll be a lot of younger people especially.
2: You can text GOT5, G-O-T, the number 5, to 741-741. And there are live people on the end other end of these 24 7 when you're feeling that you need someone to talk to they're there 24 7 to be able to have those conversations and they will be able to connect you to other resources and stuff like that
1: all right well. is that across the continental u.s yep. what would someone search for in uh, in any country necessarily if they wanted to find i would that- use the
2: word suicide prevention oh. crisis line lifeline okay. crisis line. yep yep Okay. And most most countries have some kind of governmental health care yeah. like we have our Department of Mental Health most places will have a social service or a human service that would be the other places that I would encourage folks to look for.
1: Worst case, could someone use their phone and just dial like the emergency number? So here in this country, it's 911, mm-hmm. and they would connect to that person, and, and and then they also um, capture that phone number too, right? And even maybe location, I don't know.
2: Right. Some of the communities are now actually training their 911 individuals in Some mental health. So they're able to help divert that call into the most appropriate. So they're not just calling for police. They may be able to get some mental health support to come along with whatever other crisis is going on.
0: Okay. Mental health support is uh, riding along with law enforcement oftentimes too now Mm -hmm. um, to kind of help those situations that law enforcement are called for.
1: Yeah, I I mean, if I was a police officer, I think there were a lot of situations that I wouldn't really want to be spending my time going to. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of times they go back over and over and over again. All right. I'd just like to pause for a second and give a shout out to the guys over at Parlor City Furniture in the greater Binghamton, New York area. They ship furniture all over the world. These guys have come on board with Going Boldly, the podcast is our very first sponsor. Their involvement is so appreciated. It's going to allow us to grow the podcast and bring even more exciting programs to you, the listener. If you're ready to update your home office or doing a new build out at your brick and mortar location, let these guys help you out. That's Parlor, CityFurniture.com. It's time for the questions.
2: It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you.
1: All right, Heidi and uh, Maria, I have easy questions for you today, so you don't have to worry about it. These are the questions, all right? And this is where our listeners get to know you a little bit better, and uh, we can lighten up a little bit. All right, it's been a very serious topic, right? Would you agree?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Not probably the usual humor that I would like to interject into our interviews, but hopefully uh, we have made an impact and like we said earlier if uh, one person hears this and they reach out for help or mm-hmm. um, offer help to somebody who needs it then we have uh, hit a home run you can both answer these separately or together however you want to do it uh, question number one who do people tell you that you look like bett midler really
0: mm-hmm.
1: how do you feel about that
0: isn't she like divine? The divine. Uh, she's Miss awesome or and something. amazing. Yeah. I'm going with that. <laughs> she's pretty I'm, awesome. I'm yeah. I'm down. I'm good. She says yeah, it like, <laughs> like it is and doesn't give a darn. That's not on me, that lover.
1: Yeah, that's no, not you. No, not oh. no. Are you a conformer?
0: Oh. Is that me?
2: Well,
1: we were talking about look, so we didn't okay. say Heidi's, like you were the personality yeah. of. But.
0: Well, she has.
2: Bette Midler comes off as full of life to me. Vivacious. And, and vivacious. Yeah. That is Maria to a T.
1: Okay, Heidi.
2: I have never been compared to.
1: Anyway. No one's ever said anything to you? Really? I think
0: she looks like Kate Blanchett. Mhm. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to answer that one for you. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Often people will say someone in their family if I don't preface it with a famous person. Yeah. They'll say, "Oh, my my uh my my uh, uncle Jim. I look just <laughs> like my uncle Jim." Um, but it'll be somebody.
2: Had you not prefaced it, I would have said I'm a perfect mix of my two brothers.
1: All right. Oh.
2: You put one on either side of me and you go like this, you get me?
1: Okay. Were you the second born? I'm the last. <laughs> no, has nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. Question number two. If you could have a conversation with a famous person, dead or alive, mm. who would it be? And what would you talk about?
0: Has to be a famous person, mm. dead or alive. That's a hard one.
1: Heidi is staring at you. Answer it
2: so I can keep well, thinking. I I,
1: <laughs> you didn't look like you were thinking, though. No, I wasn't.
0: Oh. That's my blank look. Okay. I would say somebody like Barack Obama. Hmm. Um,
1: All right. What are you going to talk about with Barack?
0: Maybe not Barack. I don't know. I don't. I don't like to get too political, but I think he is a very genuine person and i i love his relationship with his wife and his children and i think i would just want to talk about very normal things you know aside from from his politics okay yeah
2: interesting i would have sworn you
0: would have said ruth bader
2: ginsburg oh i forgot about ruth bader ginsburg that's her
0: no heidi's right persona i gonna Heidi.
1: change that yeah. You got to change can it. Can I get two? Yeah, go ahead. Can yeah. we
0: just put them all in like a round table? <laughs> yes. Like how fun would that be? Well,
1: you can, if you've read Think and Grow Rich, you have to make your mastermind group and they don't have to be real people. They can be your imaginary yes. group that where you discuss things and they talk back to you in your imagination. So you have, uh, let's do that. You're going to make your mastermind group and who's going to be in that? Barack's in there.
0: Barack's in there. Uh, Ruth. RPG. Ruth
1: Ruth. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader
0: Ginsburg is definitely there. okay.
1: So you got two. That could be enough. Do you have anybody else that you'd like want to get advice from, or have a discussion about oh. life, or oh whatever the current issues are that are concerning you?
0: I'm going to have to th- really think about this because that's a that's a that's a lot. I okay. want way more.
1: But way more than what? I don't know. I want than all the, the two. People. Yeah, I think uh,
0: there would be way more than two. All
1: right. Well, if you think of anything, come back with it. Okay. All right, Heidi. I-
2: Mine are not really that earth shattering. It doesn't would, have was, to be. That's We're true. learning about yeah. you, Heidi. Is this is true. I would love to have known John F. Kennedy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I just now, in,
1: think, a, in a personal way no. or in a. It, it oh, just, okay.
2: I, the man I just think was so enigmatic. Um, is that the right yeah, word? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Enigmatic? Yeah. Enigmatic. Okay. Just,
2: I, th- the power that he had, but then you also look about, you know, he wasn't a perfect person because of all the stuff with Marilyn Monroe and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the one we know about. Uh, that's the one we know about. Yeah. I am mean, you know, good Catholic person. Yeah. So yeah. Um, this one's going to sound kind of weird. Mm. Um, my dad passed when I was four. So I would love really? to be able to go back in time and have more conversations mm-hmm. with him as a mm-hmm. with me. Do you remember older. your dad? Some things, not always the fun stuff. Oh, so, not necessarily good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. I was four. Yeah. I don't remember that much at that point, but my brothers have a much better relationship mm. with, rem- not much better, remember my dad much better than I, I see. Do. So I would love to go back and, and have a conversation with him, with me being an adult oh. and him. That would be cool.
1: Are you going to the, uh, call him onto the carpet?
2: Always. Or? There's always a question you can ask. And he, oh, you know, okay. People don't want to answer. Oh.
1: Interesting. Yeah. What's one of the, what's the serious question? What's the A number one serious question? You were like, Hey, what the heck?
2: What's the meaning of life? Oh, <laughs> did I get myself out of that one? Yeah, I really did. You, <laughs> you did yeah, wanted you,
1: to get out of it. All right. You're, you're good. All right. Um, uh, Maria, did you come up with anybody else for your mastermind group?
0: You know, I'm, I'm putting an artist in there like, uh, like Frida Kahlo or, oh, like uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be like, it, it could be, be, be both of them. Yeah. I need some artists. I, I'm, I'm I'm formulating in my brain that the type of person that I want, not necessarily the
1: person. Well, see, we learn as much about you if you don't have a name right away <laughs> as we do right? if you spend, you know, five minutes trying to figure out what which ones are going to be. Yeah. So that was part of the thing, right? There's yeah. no right or wrong answer.
0: A good, that's a good question.
1: Well, we learn about you as you're <laughs> trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you spent the most time of anybody ever <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> putting together your group. All right. Number three, how will you spend your time when you retire from this job?
2: Oh, wow. I would love to travel more.
1: Are you going to travel more or would you just love to travel more?
2: I have family in Europe, so I would like to spend part of my time in Europe as part of like, I
1: wouldn't hear me. Be, did you?
2: Um, I gonna, or <laughs> do I love to? I. Are you be? going to? Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, I will. Or be. you just love to. I would be.
1: You, <laughs> she's very noncommittal.
2: I'm going to travel when I retire. I like it. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, That's I'm, the
1: way we do things around yeah. here.
0: No, absolutely. That's right. not Mine is gonna, so different. I, like I want to have a dog sanctuary and, um.
1: Wait, are you going to have one yes. are you just thinking about possibly maybe? Th- I am
0: it? definitely going to have a dog sanctuary for sure.
1: Okay. Now you've put this out into the public, re- mm-hmm. public uh, record here. Everybody so I know. think
0: would know that about me.
1: A dog sanctuary, Mm -hmm. interesting. And how um, do you see yourself retired from your current job, uh, like next year or ten years, or like what is? I wish. What's realistic?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I probably will never retire.
1: Yeah. You're gonna stay in there past retirement age.
0: I probably will. Yeah. Because I can't see myself.
1: So there's no dog alive now who's gonna be there. Probably not. Probably not old not old
0: enough right now. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Okay. Just dogs, though.
0: Yeah, just dogs. I'm allergic to cats. I do. I don't mind a cat. <laughs> cats not are allergic favorite. to us, so <laughs> they're not my favorite animal. I don't.
1: I, I've, mind this is the second them. time I said bad things about cats. I'm going to have Consider the cat lovers not, are going to be after oh, me. Oh, I
0: have three at home. <laughs> three cats. You have three. <laughs> there are some cats that are fantastic, you know, and the ones yeah. that I like are a little more dog-like. Yes. yes. Interesting. Know? So it's, they're
1: they're willing to they come have a personality. come hang. Yeah.
0: They have a personality. Okay
1: um excellent uh question number four and the last ones Ooh. ladies just so you know all right i'm gonna throw a curveball in this one right. uh, you're gonna answer for each for each other and not oh, for no. yourself okay Right. Okay. this is a little different okay all right what is the personality trait of your friend that is her greatest strength
2: oh i don't even you don't even i don't have to think about that one maria's personality is the most upbeat she is known as sunshine in our group and it is the biggest strength to have to build relationships she has such a interpersonal radiance about her that i i would love to be able to have a quarter of that even oh. an inch of that See, now i think that you do oh no why do you think she's here i i get scared to death with this stuff this is this is uh, this is part of maria's she shines
1: Okay. Well, she's, sure. been, she's, she's definitely given you the stage, though. She has not she's not overshadowed you at all.
2: But that's her mad skill, too. Okay. I mean, she, a part of that personality and make, building and being interpersonal and mm. building those relationships is she is that give
0: and take part of it. Nice. For sure. Okay. So. All right. I'm her moral support. Yeah. <laughs> I know when to step down and not take a I know. All right. What about Heidi now, Maria? Heidi, if.
1: What personality trait of hers is her, her uh, greatest strength? And
0: I might need your help to with your vocabulary to come <laughs> up with the, <laughs> the trait, the, the term for oh. the trait. But let me explain. I, so I know hopefully is, my old... I can't say it. You do. You, she does know what it is. So oh. when Heidi is not in a meeting with me, mm-hmm. I start to panic because she is the ultimate thinker of all the things all the time. Mm. Like I don't know how her brain functions because she... She can always, she, I don't know. I don't I'm need, the questioner. I'm the one that says, but what about this? Or have we thought about And that like, I can be very or- much in the clouds and just dreaming all the time about all these wonderful things and ideas. And yeah. she's just so solid. You know, she like brings, she brings us down to earth, but not in a negative way. It's in a, well, I love this idea. So let's maybe solidify it and come up with a plan. She's very organized. Right. And she's able to like, just see all of the things that are necessary to implement a dream or idea or plan. You know, I, I, I what word is that? Steadfast. Well, hmm. <laughs> she is.
1: She's like the um, the Mrs. Wizard of the group. She is I, well, the Mrs. I guess, maybe
2: we complement each other very well. We do because
1: well, we- I, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I can feel that and see that and hear that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good good compliment she's like the yin to good my match. Match.
0: i was just Yay. gonna say I that i i see we can finish each other's sentences <laughs> which thing. is very scary because
1: <laughs> well ladies i'd like to ask you more embarrassing questions but uh we <laughs> we have gone way over time <laughs> our time is so up. i have to do some editing for this and uh but thank you very much for coming in i appreciate it it's been interesting it's been a, d- a different interview than say our normal vibe in here i think but um I think we got some good information out and some good resources, particularly with our population. I think that probably, I know that Heidi didn't want to give us the, the awful statistics, but the failure rate for business owners is extremely high. You know, it's way, way up there. So, you know, there's a lot that goes along with that. So I appreciate the information that you gave us and the resources. And um, listeners, if you need some help, please reach out. will look in the show notes. We'll make sure we have it in there. Keep going boldly. Have a great day that concludes another episode of going boldly i hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode and i'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast please share it with them you might be the important link that will change their life for the better subscribing means you will not miss an episode and it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch, or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it,
2: and wash your hands.